and welcome back to another episode of Hail Saturn. I want to say thank you to everybody who's listened to the first episode and everyone I've spoken to this week about it. It's been really amazing to have the pod already sparking new connections and conversations and bringing new energies into my life. It's been an interesting week over here. A lot of lessons for me in the last month of my Saturn return about time management, getting disciplined, having boundaries that can support my ambitions and allow me to realize larger goals than I have been able to achieve in the past. All of that stuff has been coming up this week as expected as I embark on new endeavors like this podcast and I revive my readings practice and connect with new clients. It's been an exciting time for me. I have been kind of in a hibernation transformation mode keeping my head down keeping to myself and now i feel like it's time for me to kind of get out there and reconnect with the world make some new connections and revive some old ones and just kind of see what the next chapter has in store for me and everyone around me and just kind of get in touch with what this new phase of my life is going to look like after I've come through this tunnel of growth, so to speak. So it's been a really interesting time. I have a lot of new things in my life, a lot of new things going on. And like I said, I feel new connections sparking. I have Saturn in the seventh house. And I feel like now that my challenge period is over and my Saturn is kind of activated in a more powerful way, I'm just really excited to kind of get out there and talk to people and connect with new clients, new friends, and new intellects that I can experience and learn from. Something really exciting happened this week, which is that my husband took his first steps towards becoming an astrologer himself by interpreting his own transits. I read my husband's chart for him all the time, and we are always talking astrology. He also listens to the astrology podcast, And that is such an amazing educational resource that I absolutely recommend. The Astrology Podcast with Chris Brennan is uh, absolutely the number one podcast for astrology in my mind. And so he's listening to that. He's getting interpretations from me and listening to me for years. And then this week, he comes to me and says, is there like a Mercury retrograde happening or something like I have just been feeling like I can't get clear on my own emotions. I can't like think about them clearly. And I was like, that's really interesting that you say that. Like, let's look at your chart. And we pulled up the chart and exactly he had transiting Mercury going over his Neptune, Neptune in his chart. Mercury has been retrograding in December and January and it's direct now, but it was doing a final pass over his Neptune and then I was like okay when were you feeling this confusion and he was like just over the past few days it's gotten so bad and I checked and sure enough the moon ruling our emotions was opposing in cancer all of this Capricorn stuff so at 180 degrees forming a tense aspect and challenging it and he called that he was saying Mercury retrograde, Mercury and Neptune and feelings and all the keywords were there. So that was such a fun experience when we got to look at the chart together and I was like, babe, 
you're right. <laughs> you, you're 100% right. And here are the transits. And now he knows enough to understand what I'm saying and what those transits are. And he can, when I point it out to him, he can look at the chart and say, oh my God, I see that. And I felt it. And I interpreted it before I knew that it was there. And that is really the beauty of astrology because it's reflecting what you already are feeling and experiencing and what you already know. And just to be clear, I don't believe that there's a causal relationship. So I don't believe that the planetary motions cause things to happen on earth or create feelings or create the environments that facilitate the events that take place necessarily, but more that it's a divine and cosmic reflection of what has happened, is happening, and will happen, or the potentials for all of those three, and sort of the divine plan, and then how things are going. The clashes and the, the ease comes from that, from how far we're straying from the divine plan that's laid out. So I've been thinking about Saturn a lot lately. I've really got Saturn on the brain, and just thinking about the archetype, the disciplinarian, the taskmaster, the lord of karma, the father of the zodiac, daddy who comes and spanks us on the ass and tells us to get in gear and get disciplined and work hard so we can get into a good school and get a good job and have a great life. Saturn wants us to have a great life, a big life, and to succeed and to make our dreams come true, to pursue our loftiest ambitions and to realize them, but only if they're in accordance with Saturn's plan and what Saturn agrees with. Saturn is the boundary between what's real for us and what's kind of beyond our human perception, literally in the sky and also in the zodiac and in astrology. Saturn provides that boundary that determines what gets to be real, what gets to be included in our tangible personal realities and in reality at large. What gets to take shape, what gets a form, that's all Saturn's domain and Saturn's discretion. So when you find yourself trying to make something happen and being unable to, maybe ask yourself, in what way am I discounting Saturn here? maybe not being Saturnian enough in the way that I'm going about trying to make this thing happen. Saturn wants you to start with the smallest, sturdiest building block and go from there and keep adding blocks like that until you have a brick fortress around your goal. So with that big ambition, think, what is the most sturdy, smallest thing that I can do to make this a little bit real, you know? When I'm thinking about, okay, I want to reach a million people and I want to read a million charts and I want to connect to people and help connect them to their purpose and bring cosmic truth into people's everyday lives, that's pretty lofty. So I have to think, what's the smallest, sturdiest step? Maybe I can make one episode of a podcast and talk to people and put myself out there into the world and just invite the universe to connect me to the people who need to hear my message. That's the smallest thing that I can do. Or that's not the smallest thing that I can do, but it's the smallest and the sturdiest. It's like about being mindful and not being afraid of hard work, not choosing the easiest thing, but maybe the smallest thing, right? Like one episode of a podcast is doable. If I think about doing this podcast for a year or 10 years, 
that's so overwhelming, I would give up immediately. But if I just think just this one episode is worth it, this one episode is the point, this one episode is a message in a bottle that I'm sending out into the cosmic ocean, and maybe I'll get a message back, and that will be the next step, the next phase of the rest of my life. So to make things real that you want to be real, you have to work in Saturn's way. But there's a lot of potential for you to create anything you want to. Saturn isn't giving value judgment, saying your podcast isn't worth it, your movie isn't worth it, your album isn't worth it, your business isn't worth it, your endeavor is not worth it. That is not what Saturn tells us. Saturn tells us you need to work, you need to build incrementally, and you need to take tangible steps that add on to each other in order to make this thing happen. And you trying to manifest it with your mind, just magically snap your fingers and have it appear before your eyes, that's not how magic works and that will never bring your goal to you. So when we're manifesting with Saturn, we're keeping in mind that all manifestation takes work. Magic takes work. So we're thinking about what is the intelligent way that we can cooperate with the intelligent and divine design in order to sort of hack the process and make it easier for ourselves by working with the divine timing, by using cosmic energies that are at our disposal, and by connecting with each other and collaborating and filling in the gaps. Where one of us lacks a skill, another one has it. Where one of us has a weakness, another one has a strength. We are not meant to be moving through this world as individuals. We are meant to be operating as a collective and in cohorts. So I want to get us thinking about that too, because one thing that astrology does do that's really interesting is it groups people together in different ways. You know, we have the generations, boomers, millennials, Z, X, sorry, I don't mean to leave you out, Gen X, you're actually one of my favorite generations. And those, interestingly, sort of loosely correspond with Pluto generations in astrology, but when you look into the cycles, you see that there are a lot more groups of people and cohorts and sort of astrological generations that have commonalities common energies and goals, and also complementary goals between the groups, complementary energies that can combine into a larger process. That's sort of what I'm trying to see. And sometimes I feel like I can glimpse it. And I know I, know I must sound so lacking in sanity on this podcast, but I promise you I am sane. As crazy as I sound, I'm pretty sane. But anyway, I want to give you guys some concrete example of the type of manifestation that I'm talking about. So let's go for dream body manifestation, right? This is something that I think a lot of us think about, you know, no matter what our dream body looks like. I think a lot of us are concerned with our appearance. We live in a society where that matters for better or worse. And a lot of us are maybe not completely satisfied with the way that we look. And understandably so, because we live in a society of just constant negging. No matter who you are, no matter what you look like, I swear to God, you could be the most gorgeous supermodel on the earth. You're going to have just as many insecurities as anyone walking down the street, anybody that you pass in the day, because none of us are immune to this energy that's around and where our idea of beauty is so perverted and so skewed. But I digress. Anyway, so my Saturn return had a social component and a physical component. It was kind of across the sixth house and the seventh house. The sixth house is the house of physical wellness, your daily routine, service to others, pets, chores, day job, everything that's on your to-do list for the day, all your daily activities that end up making up your whole life. 
And the seventh house is the house of one-on-one partnerships, marriage, and relationships. So my Saturn return spanned across my sixth house and my seventh house. I have the sixth house in Capricorn, a seventh house in Aquarius. I also have Saturn square Pluto in my chart and Pluto's in Scorpio in the fourth. So there is like an emotional and family component as well, uh, which I'm not going to get into like a lot of the personal details of the actual challenges themselves that I face. But what I do want to talk about with regard to my Saturn return is the lessons and the realizations I had and then the work that I chose to do to move forward from those challenge points. When Saturn was in my sixth house, I was experiencing some health challenges and they were sort of self-wrought, a little bit circumstantial, but definitely self-induced in terms of my choices and things that I had control over were causing my health issues. So it wasn't something beyond my control at all. It was not an act of God. This was something that I was doing to myself, that it was like a lack of discipline and a lack of control that was causing me to basically abuse alcohol to a really extreme degree. And I was experiencing really adverse health effects. I gained probably 30 pounds of just like straight inflammation, alcohol bloat. I'm not exaggerating. And if you like try to find pictures of this, it's not going to be easy for you. I wasn't feeling confident and I was not posting normally or sharing photos of myself. I was in a very depressed state. And alcohol is a depressant and inflammation also contributes to depression. So this was sort of a vicious cycle that I was trapped inside of or trapping myself inside of where I had depression and I was self-medicating that and maybe something more with alcohol, which was depressing my nervous system further and then causing havoc in my body, creating all of this inflammation over my whole body that was making me more depressed. And then I would look at myself in the mirror and I didn't even recognize myself. And that would just make me completely dissociate and just check out. And I probably spent, you know, a good year and a half just like not looking at myself in the mirror at all and just really avoiding my reflection and avoiding the reality of my body and just letting things get worse and worse. And at the same time, I had a really uh, unhealthy relationship with food. I just never developed a healthy one. I sort of oscillated and cycled through different, you know, disordered patterns with eating. And so that sort of came into play with alcoholism too and an unfortunate confluence that just exacerbated the whole situation. Anyway, when my Saturn return hit in May of 2021, when I felt this, there was an event in my life that forced me to reevaluate all of my choices and that event made me choose to give up alcohol almost cold turkey i didn't go cold turkey because i was drinking so heavily that i wasn't sure that would be safe so i like finished the alcohol in my house and like sort of tapered it down to finish it and then just didn't buy more and then i spent about a year not drinking and taking long walks outside in Prospect Park in nature just to kind of ground myself and calm my nervous system and get a little movement, get outside. And I feel like that was really great for my health. I definitely saw myself losing some of that inflammation weight that I had gained and just feeling more positive and feeling the depression start to lift and start to ease. And if you've ever been depressed, sister, I'm with you. And it's the kind of thing where you you need to fight it. 
you need to fight it like it stole something from you because it is stealing from you every single day. But at the same time, you have no energy to do that. You have no energy to fight it and you need to be fighting it like you're a like martial arts master. So what can you do, right? In that Saturnian mindset, what's that smallest, sturdiest step that you can take to start clawing your way up out of the well, digging yourself out of that hole, you know? Like what's the first thing you can do? So for me, that was getting outside every day and getting like steps. I think that that made a huge difference for me. I spent probably like a year doing that and also not drinking. That was really like the smallest, sturdiest step for me, even before getting outside and trying to reconnect with my body and just sort of stop dissociating constantly and just become embodied again. The smallest, sturdiest step that I have taken to build the foundation for my future and the rest of my life is to stop drinking alcohol. And I don't say that to recommend it to everyone or to project my experience onto anyone else. Alcohol was a problem for me. It isn't for everyone else, but for me, I understood that it was a serious problem and it was one that I didn't get control over until my Saturn return and when I did it gave me the power to change everything else so back to dream body after I spent a year not drinking and walking outside becoming embodied again and committing to myself that I do not want to drink not because I'm an alcoholic and I can't be trusted to or anything like that but because I am somebody with different goals for myself now I'm somebody who is trying to beat depression naturally without medication which is difficult it's a difficult ambitious goal to have so in trying to do that I need to behave in a more disciplined way you know if I want to take the hard route I need to have discipline, I need to have grit, you know, I need to bring Saturn into it in order to accomplish my goal. Throughout the year, I tried drinking several times in different social events, never at home, which that was where most of my drinking took place, like during the worst of my alcohol, whatever. I was just like drinking vodka at home. So I haven't drank at home since May of 2021 and I drank on like maybe two or three occasions in 2021 just to kind of see like where's the line and what is my relationship with alcohol going to look like now you know in in this new phase of my life I wanted to see if it would be cool to have a couple drinks socially if everyone else was and it was cool it was totally fine I had one or two drinks on a couple of occasions and it was totally chill. But afterward, I felt the cravings start back up and I got to know this new cycle because alcohol is addictive from the first sip that you take. So from the second that you have a little bit of alcohol in your body, a clock starts. And I noticed for me, it was like about 72 hours where I would just like be craving alcohol. And then after about 72 hours, it would stop and I wouldn't think about it anymore and I wouldn't want it. But previously, I would always give in before that clock ran out. So I never had the experience of like drying out and the cravings going away. So I gave that to myself a couple of times and I realized, you know, I'm feeling a lot better if I just don't drink at all. And now when I think about drinking socially, I think, okay, do I want to 
crave alcohol for three days is basically the equation in my mind. It's not that I'm not allowed or that I won't ever, but it's just sort of like for the next three days, am I going to want to work out? Am I going to want to record a podcast? Am I going to want to write or make art or do anything that makes my life fun and worthwhile? Or am I ready to kind of just like chill on the couch and like binge watch TV and maybe sleep a lot for the next few days? So that's sort of the equation that, and you know, real 30 year old hours over here. I know like if you're young and listening to this podcast, like you can't even comprehend what I'm saying probably, but if you're around my age, you get it. But yes, so as of December, 2021, I decided to just have an era where I just do not drink alcohol and I have not had a sip since then and I'm feeling great and last year 2022 in July I got a amazing fancy gym membership and I started taking a ton of yoga and pilates classes and going into the gym and lifting weights and now I'm getting ripped and jacked and I'm actually strong and I have like the best body I've ever had in my life because I never was strong when I was young I was like just not eating and just walking but not like I couldn't even do a push-up you know I I, actually I couldn't even touch my toes until I was like 22 which is like that's crazy like it really doesn't take that much to build up that level of flexibility I've done it a couple of times in adulthood and it's taken like a matter of weeks but as a child I just was not exposed to things that would make me strong or make my body healthy just didn't really have that experience so I'm doing that now for the first time and it's crazy because I thought it was like kind of too late for me. I figured like, I think I was told that, you know, some people are athletic, some people are not and athletes like build their bodies in their youth and then they're fit for life and you know other people they don't build their bodies and then they're you know just not fit for the rest of their lives and I always thought that I was like not athletic (laughs) because I have like an eye disorder that makes my depth perception just total shit so like if you throw me a ball I'm gonna like cover my face and like cower it's honestly a little bit funny but yeah like as a kid trying to play sports no I was the worst person on every team But no, it's not true at all because I never had like any muscle tone in my upper body, in my arms or my back. I have never had any muscle there my whole life. And now I'm getting fit inject and I'm getting strong and I can pretty much do a push-up, probably more than one. And I'm feeling great. I'm feeling my vitality is like at a different level. It's, I haven't felt this alive since I was a kid. And I really think it's that like regular movement and like, playful movement too because i'm not just like going to the gym and like busting out a workout i'm going there and i'm having an amazing time rolling like a ball in pilates and doing open leg rocker and doing shoulder stands in yoga and just having a ton of fun strengthening my muscles on a regular basis it's a great experience i would really recommend it to anyone but so this is like these are the steps that i've taken to kind of take control of my body and get it to a place where i feel comfortable looking at myself and once i started doing that it was like a ball a snowball you know so when we're trying to harness planetary energy to serve our goals the name of the game is using the associative language of astrology to determine what activities or actions are appropriate for channeling this planet's energy in a positive and constructive way so this gets into a concept known as remediation of planetary energies which you can do for transits you can do this for aspects or placements in your birth 
birth chart where if you have a particularly difficult or challenging placement or aspect, you can analyze that placement and use the language of astrology to come up with some type of plan or almost like a ritual or a spell, but some type of plan of action that will appease and channel that planet's energy. Basically, it's like really getting into and embracing the energies that you are struggling with and challenged by and figuring out how to implement them and invite them into your lives and channel those energies in a way that works for you instead of a way that's constantly challenging you and holding you up. So it's a similar attitude that I use toward my Saturn return. I have a strong Saturn in my chart, but it's not really connected in harmonious ways to my other placements and it's actually kind of challenging a lot of them. And so this is a difficult planet in my chart that has the potential to represent mastery through my own efforts and disciplined work. So like in my chart, Saturn opposes my ascendant, my rising, the way that I appear and the way that I look, right? So my kind of physical form and appearance is constricted by Saturn and I do have a hard time expressing myself and my full vibrance. I grew up Catholic, so, you know, pride is a deadly sin, and I'm just not, I wasn't raised to, like, seek praise or be comfortable receiving praise or acknowledgement at all for any of my, like, gifts or talents or things that I worked hard to be good at. It was sort of always just enough to just try you know the effort to improve and to learn and to become better was enough and i didn't necessarily need anybody to witness it in order for it to matter which i actually think is a pretty great quality to have in terms of maintaining your mental peace you know like if you really are not seeking validation from others then you will not be disappointed when you don't get it so that's really how i feel is that I don't get validation from others and I'm not disappointed that I don't. But at the same time, validation from others is a sign of some amazing things, of connection, of having an impact on people that means something to them, you know? And actually, I think that it's very bad karma to hide your gifts and your God-given talents from the world. So in some ways, I feel like my religious upbringing has sort of led me astray from what would be my most divinely supported self-expression. And that's some of what I'm working through in my Saturn return and beyond in just life, you know, with looking at my chart as a whole, it's a major theme for me and it's something that does hold me back that I don't care to be recognized. And in fact, I'm not comfortable being recognized and I am much more comfortable to just kind of sit on the sidelines, behind the scenes, behind the camera, to keep my views to myself and just sort of evolve and grow and develop these perspectives and just hide them, refuse to share them, keep them to myself, let them go nowhere, let them wither and die. I'm like totally content with that and Saturn is not. So Saturn has been reminding me that it's bad karma for me to ignore everything that I have been given and all of the ways that I have been privileged enough to develop these perspectives. I've had the time and the space and the support to reflect safely on my inner world and 
I've been able to come up with some really weird ideas that I have not necessarily heard shared widely in the mainstream before, and I would like to bring them there. I think, why not? I hear people saying tons of weird stuff every single day, and I think a lot of it's really negative and really cynical and pessimistic, and, you know, maybe not altogether false or altogether wrong, but at the same time, it's just this cacophony of doom and gloom, doomsayers, you know, and I see the light. I do. I see that there is a mysterious realm that contains the promise of light and purity. And I seek that and I seek knowledge and truth. And that becomes my foundation, my commitment to developing my own belief system and my own perspective. And then to sharing that freely with other people, that becomes my purpose and my work. And I think that there's value to that because I think that we need to be having conversations that haven't been had before and embracing new ways of thinking about things that are positive and focused on the collective and focused on the divine. I am so sick of the nihilism and the spiritual bereftness that I see around me. And I just see people living in such sorrow. And I think, wow, you are such a powerful being and you don't have to be living this way. So let's figure out together how to do the work and get disciplined to figure out the like material steps to manifest our vision, right? Like what's the smallest, sturdiest step that you can take today? And then go from there. Don't even worry about step two right now. Make that first thing happen and then look around and say, okay, what's the next building block? that I can add to this tower. That's how things get done. It's like incremental, one step at a time, one brick at a time being laid. That's how Saturn works. But you need to make the bricks sturdy, right? If you're just getting like cardboard that you just like find laying around and making a brick out of that to go faster, maybe you'll make a bigger tower, but it will crumble sooner. So think of it that way. So back to my dream body, and I'm not saying any of this to brag, but actually more because I think that it's interesting and it's a real experience that I've had and I'm curious to see if anybody else wants to try this and then call in and let me know how it works for you. So let me tell you what I did. I was in a bad way. I was like really unable to look at myself in the mirror. I used to feel beautiful when I was a lot younger, but I had an injury, a like facial injury where my little cousin, God bless him, and I do love him. He did like kind of a running headbutt to greet me. It was an accident. He was running to greet me at a family party and I kind of crouched down with my arms outstretched and he did like a running headbutt into my nose and he broke it in like three places and then I my grandma kind of told me it wasn't broken but I was like sure it was so I went to this random ENT surgeon in New York and I was like please snap my nose back (laughs) I like I just really didn't want plastic surgery and he was like no like you need to go to a plastic surgeon I can't snap your nose back I was like please just try and he was like okay sure so he rebroke my nose in his office to try to snap it back into place. I think that made it worse. I think it really just made things worse. And then I ended up having plastic surgery 
a rhinoplasty, septoplasty, uh, like a few months later in Denver, where my family lived at the time. I had that surgery under Venus retrograde, which I do not recommend. I know some astrologers I've seen say, oh yeah, it's fine. Get cosmetic surgery and procedures under Venus retrograde. I'm here to tell you it wasn't fine for me. I mean, eventually it did end up being fine, but what I will say is that I feel that my healing process was extremely extended and delayed. I will say honestly that it was six years before my nose was close to the same size that it was before I originally broke it. It was incredibly swollen for six years and that affected my self-esteem as well because I was pretty vain when I was young. I know that's kind of a sin in the same vein as pride, but I don't know, you know, it, it wasn't coherent. It wasn't coherent. I was vain, but not prideful very vain and thought that my beauty was really like the main maybe the only thing that i had going for me to kind of carry me through life so to feel like i was like losing that or at risk of losing that at such a young age this happened to me when i was 23 12th house year classic one month into a 12th house year i broke my nose and i felt like i lost my beauty overnight and i kind of like never recovered <laughs> Until now, I feel like I'm recovered now, but this is the story of how we got there. So I spent like six years just like really just not, I like didn't even wear makeup. I used to like wear a lot of like fancy clothes and like really have a passion for fashion that I just like fully dropped and started wearing just like sweatpants. And it just made me really depressed because I was just like, I wanted to be an actress and a singer and like do a lot of like on-camera stuff and then suddenly I just was like I don't want to be seen my confidence is just at an all-time low and I just didn't like really bounce back I didn't I lacked resilience in that situation for a long time and so fast forward to 2022 when I have been walking I'm feeling a little bit better I'm a little bit less depressed and I'm like let me try an experiment and this is like a funny experiment that I tried based on something that I did as a child, which is spend a lot of time looking at myself in the mirror and imagining my future face and praying to God that he would make me beautiful, which is crazy for a little girl. But I grew up like, you know, raised on princess stuff. And also I was born with strabismus with um, like my eyes crossed. So my parents started getting me like surgeries to correct my strabismus and my lazy eye um, by like, you know, severing the muscle and sewing it back into place. Pretty brutal for, you know, an 11 month old, which is how old I was at the time of the first surgery. But yeah, so I was born with a lazy eye that my parents tried really hard to correct through a combination of surgeries and therapy, and it had pretty good results. I have pretty straight-looking eyes most of the time, although, I mean, I still have strabismus. Strabismus is a really normal thing. It affects 1 in 50 people, and it's not genetic. It's just kind of like a random thing that happens in the womb and you're born with it and it's like just a lifelong thing where your eyes don't really work together and like feed information to your brain like everyone else's do and they usually like point in two different directions in space which makes binocular disparity really difficult so your depth perception is affected so it kind of like it affects your perception more than anything else um and the surgeries 
help, I think, actually, with the binocular disparity because they cut and sewed my eye muscles in both my eyes to make them point more closely towards the same point in space. But so all of this is like a tangent just to describe how as a child, I always felt like there was something physically wrong with me and something differentiating me from beautiful children and beautiful princesses and, you know, beautiful moms and things like that. So I wasn't like born beautiful in my view. And I remember some of my earliest memories of childhood are being like in the car in like my car seat and just like thinking about princesses and like praying to be beautiful one day. And I remember as a preteen and like adolescent and even as a child, just spending a lot of time like looking at my face in the mirror and imagining my future face. And then the weirdest thing happened when I became a teenager and I kind of grew into my body. I felt like I looked like that image that I had conjured up in my mind as a child. And that was, I guess, one of my first real experiences of doing magic for myself, making what I wanted so badly a reality in the world. So fast forward to being 29, or however, however old I was when I was doing this, I think 29, I think it was during my Saturn return, 29. Fast forward to being 29 and looking at myself in the mirror and thinking, I wish I could just look like the old me. I wish I could look like me at 23 the day before my nose broke. And I had a photograph of myself, a Polaroid that my friend had taken on the date of our college graduation. So I was 22 in the photos, pretty close to what my goal was. And I put that up on my mirror in my bedroom. And I had it there for about a year, just looking at this photo of myself at 22 and using it as my mental model for what I wanted to create in terms of my physical body that I'm living in today. And through that, through just having that photo on the mirror and looking at myself and looking at my face with love and every feature with love and like imagining and really seeing clearly that feature as formed in the beautiful way that I wanted it to be, I literally saw my face and body change. And it wasn't on its own, it wasn't magic, but my actions changed, my lifestyle changed, and I changed the way that I was living to support and align with that vision. So in order to get myself into a state where I didn't look like my bloated, alcoholic, swollen 29-year-old self, and I instead looked like a fit, healthy, confident 22-year-old version of myself, I changed my diet to incorporate more whole foods, fruits, vegetables, nuts, and meats, and eggs, and milk, and things. There's nothing that I am restricted from, and there are no foods that I don't eat. I will eat any food. I have no allergies, so I'm lucky in that way, but any type of like treat, or meat, or sugar, anything like that, I'll have some of it, but what I've changed is that they're not my go-to for sustenance. So whenever I want that, I will have it, because for me, it's not necessary to cut things out. I feel like that it just doesn't feel necessary. But what I've done is that if I'm hungry, if I'm fueling my body 
it needs to be with fuel. It needs to be with real food. So I used to eat like quesadillas like constantly. That would be like the only thing I ate sometimes. Like just, you know, a toaster quesadilla, like two tortillas with some cheese in it, put it in the toaster. And I would basically be giving myself like an allergic reaction to quesadillas with the amount that I was overdoing it eating this food that's really not fuel and i love quesadillas they're my favorite food so i am not being shady and i'm not knocking them but they would give me like an allergic reaction essentially because i ate too many of them and you need to eat a wide variety you need to get like all your vitamins and minerals and you need to do that through fruits and vegetables and food and not through supplements and vitamins guys We need to be eating food and we need to be like getting high quality foods with vitamins and minerals. So that was a major thing that I did. Change my diet to eat these foods to facilitate going to the gym and doing these hard workouts that I had never done before. And that was a really steep learning curve for me as well because I showed up at the gym really not in good shape, no muscle tone, overweight, no core strength, just after sitting on the couch through the pandemic, just not in a good way. And slowly but surely having humility and showing up over and over again regularly multiple times a week like you know three four five times a week really trying to like grind this in and instill a new habit and a new routine in myself and really create a disciplined routine where i had not ever had one before i was able to do that by making it fun and by keeping it regular and by fueling myself for it and changing my lifestyle to support having the energy and the fuel and the time to be able to go and do those things. And what ended up happening is that I had amazing results. I went through a period of recomposition where I was losing fat and building muscle at the same time. And I completely transformed my body composition and my hormone profile. So before I started this journey, I was looking really old for my age and pretty haggard. And in changing my lifestyle so that it was no longer sedentary, it no longer included alcohol, it was no longer reliant on processed foods like bread and cheese for most of my nutrition and sustenance. In changing all of these things and in going to the gym regularly and getting my body into a place where I was building muscle, I changed my hormone profile to be closer to that 22-year-old version of myself. And I really feel like I look more like the 22-year-old version of myself than I do the 27-year-old version. And it's really crazy to see at 30. I didn't know that something like this was possible. But then my husband recommended me an episode of Mind Pump when I was like talking to him about this. I was telling him about my mirror magic and like what I felt like I did. And he was like, actually, there's science backing you up. And you should listen to this episode of Mind Pump where they talk about when you are in that state of building muscle, your hormone profile shifts and it gives you that youthful vitality and makes you closer to like a healthy 22 year old that doesn't exercise rather than like you know an unhealthy 29 year old so it's been a really fascinating experience to see like in my physical body so this is like so tangible right it is kind of saturn stuff here it's so tangible the results that i've had through this really heady cosmic access point you know, of like mirror magic. And I'm not saying that mirror magic or anything like that is like the one way to do this. With everything that I'm talking about, I really do feel like there are so many ways to go about it. And these are just the weird, really fucking weird, sort of absurd and bizarre ones that I have found that work for me, at least as metaphors to get me to do that 
concrete work and take those concrete steps to make my goals a reality. And I am a person who gets very overwhelmed thinking about the big picture and who does kind of struggle to see those smaller steps and put them in order, which I think is why I need this access point that's like so vast, you know, and then I can kind of zoom in on different things at different times and access those perspectives that otherwise elude me. So working with Saturn can be really incredible for your life and your goals. Saturn can help us do amazing things if we learn his language and learn to work with his energy and construct our goals in a diligent and disciplined way instead of more chaotically moving through life hoping to get lucky or hoping that the timing will be right and the moment will be right and we'll be there to meet it. So I want to hear from you guys. Let me know what your goals are, what's going on in your life, what are you struggling with thematically, conceptually, that we can tap into as a collective and divine some insight from. You can call me at 646-543-5017, leave me a voicemail, and you might end up on the next episode. And if you are curious about your birth chart and you would like to book an astrology reading with me, you can do so on my website, metroastrology.com. Let me know what's going on, and I can't wait to talk to you soon.